This is We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a Supernatural superfan and a Supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the hit CW show. This week, we'll be covering Season 1, Episode 17, Hell House. I'm Kenzie. I'm Haley. And we need to talk about Sam. <laughs> you have one line. I know. <laughs> I was just gonna sit there like <laughs> I don't have to do anything. <laughs> Except I do. <laughs> okay, so I like Hell House. This is a great episode. It's a good one. Um and we we open up with our regular recap. Same old, same old stuff. It's literally been the same since episode two. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I bother bringing it up. And our cold open. Well, as soon our... as it does change, though, you'll be ready. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> you'll be the first one to know. Our, um, our cold open. Um, well, this episode in general, but we're in Richardson, Texas, two months ago, and a group of, I called them teenagers, but I think they're probably college students. Well, I said, like, all these teenagers are clearly older than teens. I think they're I don't college students. I know if that was intentional or not, but... I, part of it is probably casting, because, um, especially for night shoots, like, casting teenagers is, like, actual teenagers is a pain in the butt. Yeah. You have to hire a teacher but they to were be on like... set. There's a whole thing. They can only work so many hours. They have their parents there. Nah, 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 you know. But still, like, they all were, like, clearly, like... In their 30s. They're in their 20s. They looked old. They don't look that old. Maybe it's the lighting. They all looked old. I think they're in their 20s. I swear two of those guys are balding, too, so. (laughs) That didn't help. I think they're supposed to be college students. Like, like, I think they're, like, supposed to be, like, late teens, early 20s kind of age. That makes a bit more sense, yeah. Yeah. Because the group that goes in later in the episode, they specifically, like, mention the University of Texas, so I'm pretty Hmm. sure... That this like generally the kids in this episode are supposed to be like college-ish age. Okay. And the one guy's cousin is from. Uh, was visiting from, from college. From yeah. a college. I don't remember which college it was. I, there's two different Texas universities, and that both have like, the the initials U and T, and it's a whole <laughs> whatever. Okay, um, <laughs> so we open on a group of teenagers, or college students, tramping through a wooded area, which, this is Texas, but okay. <laughs> I mean, this Texas can have woods. Probably woods in Texas, I don't know, I haven't I'd, been to Texas, I've but... never been to Dallas, <laughs> and I don't remember a whole lot of woods, <laughs> but they're following this one guy, I think his name's Craig, and he leads them to a creepy abandoned house, um... I just wrote, fuck that, dude. I think it was about the guy who's like, do you want to hold my hand? And the girl holds his hand, and he's like, is there anything else I can hold? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ew. Ew. <laughs> the creepy dudes in this episode. Uh, but they go into the house, and it's covered with graffiti. There's like a pentagram on the floor, and like symbols on the walls and stuff. And, yeah. Um, and Craig takes him down to the basement. Because there's apparently it's the there's, root cellar. Yeah, there's something that lives in the root cellar. <coughs> it goes after girls and it hangs them. And one of the other guys is like all skeptical about this, but I think the girl's pretty nervous. 
Which yeah. I mean, she's the only girl in the group. Yeah. Three <laughs> after, dudes and a girl, and they, they just, just said told that. Her, yeah, three dudes and a girl, and they just said that this monster goes after girls. Like, fucking hell. <laughs> that would be nervous, too. Um, and they, they're, like, fucking around down in the basement when they find a girl hanging from the rafters. I... How, okay, so this was like a prank we'd learn later. <laughs> How, did How the they heck do did they do this? Because she's not standing on anything. Maybe they had like another rope attached like around her waist or, waist or clothes or something. I don't like know. Like underneath her ribs? Yeah. Or her arms to like, hold her up? How like they would harness? do it like in a stage production or I, something. I guess. I <laughs> it's a pretty elaborate prank. For a couple <laughs> For two of... people. <laughs> yeah. But okay. I don't know. All right. Yeah. I knew there was something with that. I couldn't remember this whole episode, but I'm like, I kind of remember this being fake. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's supposed to be. Um, so we jump to present day. Dean is driving. They're driving through Texas. Sam's asleep. <laughs> he snores. It's really cute. Um, <laughs> Dean <laughs> sticks a spoon in Sam's mouth. And then takes a picture with his little flip phone, which I want to see that picture. <laughs> I do, you know, Jensen's got it somewhere. <laughs> I want to see that picture. Um, and then turns the music up really loud <laughs> to wake Sam up with a spoon in his mouth. It's classic. I love it. Great. Oh, and Sam like scolds him. And they they talk about how their Dean's li- or Sam's like we're not starting that stuff again. It always escalates. We're dumb kids. We're gotta be more mature, basically. <laughs> he's Sam. <laughs> and Dean says something like, "Are you afraid of a little nair in your shampoo?" <laughs> and I just, I just the idea of the baby Winchesters pranking each other and like driving John crazy because you know they did. Oh yeah. You know they're like fucking with each other and he's like, "I'm going to throw you out." the car window uh, didn't leave you there if you don't freaking stop <laughs> like, but the idea of poor little baby bald Sammy <laughs> Dean, Dean even calls him baldy <laughs> Dean you're taking it a little too far <laughs> um oh I also made a note speaking of Sam's hair what the fuck is going on with it in this opening scene most of this episode it looks a little weird it's like really plastered down flat and I think I remember reading somewhere don't quote me on this that Jared was having like an acne breakout on his forehead Mm. and so they were using his bangs to really cover it up (laughs) (laughs) but as a result his hair looks really funny most of this episode there's like during the like montage part here at the beginning where they're talking to the teens when it finally shows Sam and Dean like his hair looks normal but for the rest of the episode basically it's like plastered flat <laughs> it, it looks really funny I guess I didn't really pay attention to that <laughs> continuity <laughs> um but so this is where we learn like the rundown of what we saw in the cold open kids were checking out a haunted house saw a dead body they ran to get the cops when the cops drive down the scene no dead body uh, <laughs> Dean is Dean is skeptical mm-hmm. <laughs> which I would be skeptical too especially when he learns that the first hand accounts came from a website called hellhoundslair.com <laughs> sounds believable <laughs> um, if you 
type that URL into your browser, it leads straight to the CW website. Oh, really? That's yep. fun. <laughs> yep. They pulled the same thing with that one that they did with, like, busty Asian beauties and stuff, where it leads to, uh... <laughs> busty Asian beauties. That's right. Bad. God, this show. <laughs> um, but yeah, that one leads to, like, a defunct WB page. I think there's another website that comes up sometime at some point in the first season. I want to try it. Hellhound's Lair? Or Bust Asian Beauties. Both. <laughs> Let's try this one first. Hellhoundslayer.com. Oh, she's trying the Bust Asian Beauties one. See, it redirects. Oh. Um. I guess the WB took down their website. It says, by clicking on this button, you'll go through a standard security check. He'll be re- redirected to the Chrome That's store. not what it used to do. Well. <clears throat> <laughs> Let me see. Oh, it's because you spelled it wrong. Oh. See? <laughs> it leads to the, the Warner Brothers. Warnerbrothers.com slash landing is where cannot it be reached. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and if you type in hellhoundslayer.com, <laughs> it goes... Straight to CWTV.com. Oh, uh, yeah, it Look, does. Superman and Lois. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah. Which is honestly really smart of the network to do that. Because, <laughs> um, you know someone's gonna want to, like, buy Check that out. website, you know? Yeah. So, um, so they got it first. Um... Dean kind of, like, pokes fun at this website, which, fair enough. Uh, it says they wouldn't know a real ghost if it bit them in the, the persuader. <laughs> which is, as far as I'm aware, a word that originates with this line right here. <laughs> that scene. Uh, or is at least credited to Supernatural by most yeah, of the articles is. that I kind of glanced it through. It showed us up on Urban Dictionary as a slang for genitalia. Specifically a woman's. <laughs> yeah. And then it um, quotes Dean from yeah. Supernatural. Seeing the date of it is March 18th, 2007. So. Yeah, when I heard that, I was like, you're what? <laughs> yeah. A prosquitor. I made a note of that. Like, is what a the fuck is that? <laughs> it's a Deanism for a lady's genitalia. Which is great. <laughs> um, but. Watermelon sugar. Watermelon sugar. Hi, baby, do you want to be mine? Dee, 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 dee. What? I am so confused. <laughs> when watermelon sugar stops trending, we die. What the fuck? I am simply lost all the throughout okay. history. It's definition of I think there's the... I think they're just fucking around. I think so, too. Um, That was was weird. Okay. Okay. So, let's move on from Urban Dictionary, my love. (laughs) I got distracted. (laughs) So, the boys kind of go back and forth on this, because Dean thinks the hunt's bullshit, and Sam thinks that letting John was a go- letting John, like, leave him was a mistake- uh, and now they have nothing else to do but find something to hunt, so boy, might as well. They were passing through Texas anyways. Why not stop by and see if it's, you know, if there's any 
truth to it. <laughs> and they go to the like the local teen hangout, which feels straight out of like Footloose. Yeah, it's you a, know? like an old diner. diner. Yeah. Yeah. Like indoor and outdoor spaces, and they talk to three of the teens from the cold open. I love the way they do this. Yeah. With the back and forth. It really... It's just, it adds to the fact, like, the unbelievability. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> you're like, really... these are just three young kids talking BS <laughs> exactly. about everything. And it emphasizes how not on the same page they all are. Because they're like, <laughs> she had black hair, she was blonde, she had red hair. Like, she this and this and this. And then the one dude says that he was hot for a dead girl the creepy dude from earlier the one that was like is there anything else i can hold but they all agree on one thing which is that their friend craig took them to this (laughs) like the one thing that was Mm -hmm. they had in common i really love the way this scene is done it's just like it's so snappy oh (laughs) one funny thing i wrote (laughs) they were like talking about the symbols in the house he's like they don't go to the house yet I know, but they were telling the story. They were like, oh, there's, like, these symbols all over. Oh, yeah! It's like, they were like, <laughs> pentagrams. pentagrams or Pentecostal or something. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. I forgot, <laughs> I forgot about that. It's a great... Okay. <laughs> Pentecostal. <Those> Pentecostals. <laughs> Pentagrams. Pentecostals. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so the boys go to a record store and they meet Craig. Uh, and ask him about a local haunting. He gets so dramatic. Oh, the way yeah. he tells the story. <laughs> so according to Craig, um, well, first off, Sam and Dean are posing as Dallas reporters doing a piece on local hauntings. And according to Craig, the house was inhabited by Mur- Mordecai Murdoch. Why did I have such a hard time saying that? <laughs> um, he was a farmer who lived there during the 1930s, and he had six daughters, and then when the Great Depression started, um, they were all going to starve to death, so he decided to kill them instead, and he hung them in the cellar. Apparently Craig heard this from his cousin Dana, he didn't believe it, and now he doesn't know what to think. <laughs> <laughs> but this is where the boys go out to the house. Um, this is a great scene. <laughs> the EMF is all wacky. They specifically point this out, that the EMF is, like, unreliable. Yeah. <laughs> Because there's power lines near the house, and Dean's like, there's probably still some, like, juice hanging around in those. Um, and then they go inside, and they find all the graffiti we saw earlier. Sam notices one of the symbols didn't show up until the 60s, which, like, that's a surefire sign that this is a hoax, if anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he starts taking pictures with his little phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a flip phone, but... It looks like an early version of a Blackberry. Blackberry, yeah. Did like they a have small those version? in 2006? I think that's when they might have started coming out. I yeah. have no idea. I don't know. Though. But it kind of looks like that. Uh, and Dean teases him for knowing that this symbol didn't show up until the 60s. He's like, this is why you don't kill late. <laughs> if, if, if it were me, it'd be the reason Sam does get laid. Oh. <laughs> oh, says my girlfriend. <laughs> Should I be offended? <laughs> uh, Dean notices another symbol, and he swears he's seen it somewhere, but Dean or Sam doesn't recognize it. Uh, and then Sam, like, touches the symbol and is like, this is paint, and it's pretty fresh. Like, it hasn't, like, like sunk into the mm-hmm. surface, I guess. Like, I think he gets out of his finger. Um, and so they're kind of 
come Dean especially is coming to the conclusion that the cops are probably right about this one, you know. Just some kids playing a prank. Um and this is where we meet Ed and Harry, and I get them mixed up. Every goddamn time. The ghost facers. <laughs> we don't learn that theme song until season three, I think. <laughs> yeah, when they show but, up again. Yeah. But yes, it is the ghost facers. It is, it is who will become the ghost facers. They're not the ghost facers yet. Did they not call themselves that yet? No, they run hellhoundslayer.com, and they are <laughs> conducting a serious investigation. Uh, which prompts the boys to immediately partner on fucking with these guys, <laughs> and it's the best. I do love the idea that they <clears throat> come across paranormal investigators. I think it's a genius it's idea. It's so funny, and I'm honestly surprised it doesn't happen more often. But I guess they usually go to places that are, like, not... They don't often go to houses to, like, especially, like, hauntings that are, like, legendary. Or that are, like, you know? Popular in that moment yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. They tend more towards, like, the ones that are kind of, like, newer hauntings, I feel like. Um, things that are causing immediate harm and not things that have, like, stories around them. Yeah. You know, and sometimes the stuff they hunt still has stories, but, like, they don't go to the same kind of places a, a paranormal investigator would. Mm-hmm. I do I do kind of wish that they had at least once gone to the Winchester Mystery Mansion. That would have been fun, but... That would have made sense. <laughs> it would have been really It could have really been related fun. somehow. It would have been really fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love this scene, though, where they're fucking... They're, like... Dean is behind the guys and Sam's in front of them and they're like exchanging looks over the tops of their heads like messing around with them like oh yeah no we're big fans like what are you doing out here do you have any evidence like it gets Harry talking about EMF and they go say saw her do you know what EMF is and Sam was like no what is it so great then the emf meter like starts going crazy and the boys are like yeah because there's freaking power lines (laughs) (laughs) they don't say that but they're thinking it it's so good it's such a perfect scene i love it because the boys have been kind of fucking with each other and now they're They're gaming up up. on someone else which is exactly how like jared and jensen operate they can't prank each other because it just escalates (laughs) it gets out of hand really fast so instead they learned really early on that they needed to partner up and prank (laughs) other people (laughs) um and then like misha came along and they were like fresh meat (laughs) and just fuck with misha all the time it's really great Makes for great, great gag reels. Um, honestly, the supernatural gag reels in general are comedy gold. Um, but yeah, the boys are so it's so dramatic. I love this. <laughs> we cut to um, Sam leaving a public library, and we learn that he found that there was a Martin Murdoch who lived in that house in the '30s, but he had, I think, two boys. And there's no record of him killing anyone. Dean looks around at some missing persons cases. Or, he looked at some missing persons cases. He didn't find anything. Not that the descriptions from the teenagers were very helpful, because they couldn't even decide what color the girl's <laughs> hair was. Yeah. Um, as far as they can tell, this case is a bust. Um, and Dean suggests they find a bar. <laughs> and here we get prank number two. And I, I wish we could... 
I want the, to see the setup for these pranks, for Sam's pranks, because we see the setup for Dean's pranks. You know, we see <laughs> yeah, him we put do. the spoon in Sam's mouth, we see him do the itching powder later, but Sam's two pranks, we don't see either of them, and I it's wish- like we get surprised along with Dean, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I honestly really love it. Um, <laughs> but I kind of, I want to, I wish I got to see Sam picking out a station and then turning the radio up really loud <laughs> for just- for Dean's benefit. Um, and his little me, when he gets in the car, is so fucking cute. <laughs> it's one of my favorite little Sam moves. It's one of my favorite things he does. <laughs> he gets in the car after scaring the shit out of Dean with the music, and he's like, me? <laughs> like, it's great. Um, nighttime. We go back to the house and another group. I called them teenagers again, but we learned that they're college students. Uh, I have arrived. There's two girls and a guy. And the guy, of course, is a douchebag because all the guys in this episode are douchebags. Um, obviously. <laughs> and one of the girls has been dared to go in and get a jar from the basement or make out with the dude. What the f- I love that she's like, yeah, no, I'll take the homicide of those things. <laughs> Which, same. Yeah. <laughs> it's the better of the two choices. Except that she dies. Yeah. So maybe well, it that wasn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, she goes She goes into the house. I hear like a blade sound. Like a blade sharpening, I think, is what it's supposed to be. But it sounds yeah. a little bit like a sword being unsheathed. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be like the axe being sharpened. Which is not a sound that it, an axe would make. I mean, the sharpening part, yeah. But, like, the unsheathing. No, you don't unsheath an axe. <laughs> not like you do a sword. Um, we get, like, some creepy close-ups on a, some hanging chicken feet before she goes down to the basement. Uh, and <laughs> she grabs a jar, gets startled and drops it, and then walks away from the staircase... Like, what What was your plan? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and then she immediately gets grabbed by a big dude and hung, which... Oops. <laughs> oops. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that. I mean, she gets murdered by a homicidal ghost. Yes, she does. Maybe she should have taken making out with a douchebag. <laughs> I mean, she could Don't blame her for not wanting to. She could have just pretended to go downstairs. Like She had to get a jar oh. in the basement. That was the thing, that she had to go get a jar from the basement. The truth and error is dumb anyway. Like, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> I like truth and dare as long as people don't take it, like, too, too extreme. Far. You yeah. know? Like, I think for, in my opinion, dare should be, like, funny, lighthearted stuff that can be done within the house at the very, like, at the most. But yeah. preferably the room. <laughs> I don't think I've ever played truth and dare, to be honest. I've only played it a couple of times, and I I don't play it anymore because I don't have friends except for you. <laughs> yes, you do. They're just not here. They're just not here. Yeah, no. <laughs> we play Cards Against Humanity instead <laughs> online. Do <laughs> we need to do sometime? This is a shout out to my Discord friends. We need to plan a freaking game night. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know if them act- how many of them actually listen to this. Um. Okay, we go to the next morning. Sam and Dean arrive to a crime scene. Fun! And learn that the girl uh, supposedly hung herself. Which has the boys thinking they must have missed something. Like, they they fucked up. Oops. Yeah. 
See, that's the oops. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get a match cut. I love match cuts. They're really great. To nighttime. Um, cops are still on scene, and the boys speculate that it's probably to try and keep more kids from going in there and dying. Which, fair enough. But it does put a damper in Sam and Dean's plans because they have to find a way in. Um, of course, right on time. <laughs> Look who it is! <laughs> the ghost facers are like trying and failing to be oh sneaky my gosh, with their they night are vision. The, they've already got their goggles on and everything. It's They're so, so loud. So, I don't. They, the cops would have heard them even before the Dean yelled. You think? But Dean yells, "Who are you gonna call?" I'm like, alerts the cops. <laughs> that made me laugh too. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Uh, and the cops chase Ed and Harry off, which gives the boys time to get into the house. Which apparently all the cops chase after them. There's only two. Oh, okay. But, yeah. you think, like, one of them would stay there and, like, keep watching the house. I guess backup. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Dean, like, calls attention to the symbol on the wall again. The, like, the upside-down question yeah, mark Yeah, he keeps recognizing thing. it. He just mm-hmm. doesn't know where he's seen it before. Yeah. Um, down in the basement, the boys got their guns and their flashlights. Sam dares, or Dean dares Sam to drink one of the jars. He's like, I dare you to take a swig of this. And Sam's face. He's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why would I do that? And he's like, I double dare you. <laughs> oh, that's so great. He's just like, <laughs> They're like children. Yeah, Sam's like, why would I do that? Dean thinks about it for a second. He's like, I double dare you. Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is where they hear something else down there. It's another, it's just a rat fake out. Yeah, it's just a rat. I like rats. They're really cute. Dean doesn't like rats. Um, Sam's like, would you prefer a ghost? (laughs) Dean says yes, right before the ghost in question arrives on scene. Uh, and they shoot it with rock salt and it does nothing. It does- Well, it makes him, like, disappear, kind of. Yeah, but they, like, shoot him multiple times before he dissipates. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the, the ghost dissipating- is really cool, and immediately, like, for the audience at least, I feel like you're going, oh, that's that's not a regular ghost. Ghosts don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't doesn't take disappear in, like, a black mist with little glowy red eyes. <laughs> yeah. The glowy red eyes are a great effect, by the way. I love they were, it. yeah. But yeah, <laughs> the boys are like, what the freak? Um, I... <sighs> I love the next little scene with Sam and Dean running from the house and, like, right to Ed and Harry. I love it so much because Dean trips on the porch and then Sam trips over Dean. And it is a full-on, like, somersault tumble shit going on. And it's comedy gold. It's so funny. It's amazing. (laughs) You're laughing at the line I just read. Ed and Harry... (laughs) <laughs> they see Mordecai, right? Yeah. In the doorway. No goes, which one? Sweet Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so dumb. They're really trying it. to show these guys are like mega nerds, I guess. They but, are. They're so. But it's so. <laughs> I love this episode. Oh my gosh, I I will never get over it. I can't, I don't remember when I first noticed, I think it was like in a gift set of this sequence, 
or scene that I noticed Sam tripping over Dean, but I will never get over, I'll never be over that. It's so fucking funny. I want to know if it was on purpose, if they blocked that, or if it just, <laughs> just happened. happened. Yeah. <laughs> did Jared, or did Jensen trip and Jared tripped over him, or was it they intentional? Decided, they decided to leave it in. <laughs> yeah. But, so Ed and Harry see the ghost right before it, like, disappears in the doorway, and this is when the cops show up. <laughs> Poor Ed and Harry. <laughs> they do, they do get the fall for Sam and Dean shit. Yes, they do. Um, so we go back to the motel. It's Weath's Western Inn, and Weath, I'm probably butchering, but it's spelled W-I-E-T-H. Wyeth? Is it supposed to be Wyeth? I don't know. <laughs> I don't <laughs> freaking know. I do, it's... <laughs> laughed at it though. Weath or Wyeth. I don't something know. Something like that. Dean is drawing the symbol from the house on the room's notepad. It's Dean's turn to draw angstily on the bed while the other brother does research. <laughs> um, they go back and forth about what happened, how it doesn't line up with the legend. Ghost went after both of them. The legend says it only attacks girls. The ghost had slit wrists. According to Sam, I didn't notice that. Did yeah, you they didn't. That? They didn't make a they don't, big scene about that because I, I feel didn't like there it. must have been like a close up that got cut, maybe or something. Because yeah, but he supposedly hung himself. Like that doesn't line up. Ghosts are like, from what we've learned about ghosts so far. They are strict. They have their methods. They have their, like, like their formula. Own, their own kind of laws of existence. They have yeah, to follow. they have their laws of existence. But even like an individual ghost, like the woman in white, for example, she always does the same thing. Yeah, same pattern. Basically, yeah. yeah. And this guy, he keeps, keeps changing. changing. Yeah. And this is right on cue. Sam goes back to the Hellhound's lair site and finds that the changes that they noticed when they encountered the ghost have been included in an updated version of the story. There's someone who's like, actually, Mordecai did this and this. Uh, and right on cue, Dean realizes where he's seen the symbol before. So, I think Sam, like, going back to the original story, prompted Dean's memory of, like, oh, when we talked to all the kids. Oh. Oh, I remember. And we go back to the record store. And now it's very early morning. Did the boys sleep? <laughs> uh, I, I guess not. So, um, they must have taken a nap between early morning at the crime scene and going back to the house at night. Yeah, you know, probably. They must have taken a nap. Uh, but they go to the record store like early in the morning, and Craig is working. Um, and Dean says they're just there to buy an album, and pulls out one of the records he looked at earlier when they were there previously. He was, like, flipping through all the records. Mm -hmm. We even, like, see him yeah, hold up see the him one in question and he, up, like, yeah. looks at it and flips it around. Yeah. Um, and he asks Craig if he, he says that he's like, oh, I, I knew I'd seen that symbol somewhere. It's the logo for Blue Oyster Cold. And he's like, tell me, Craig, are you into BOC or just scaring people? <laughs> <laughs> um, and Craig is, like, at first I thought, oh, he's just, like, really tired, because I hadn't seen this episode in a hot minute, um, but Craig is, like, genuinely upset. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, this is where the truth comes spilling out, that his cousin Dana was on a break from TCU. Hey, I wrote it down. Yay, good for me. <laughs> they wanted to make it look like the house is haunted, play a joke, but the story spread, made it to the Hellhound's Lair website, and then it 
took on a life of its own. They totally don't specifically, like, kind of draw attention to that line. <laughs> he thought it was funny at first, but now someone is dead. Mm-hmm. And he he's like, no, that was not supposed to happen. It was just supposed to be a prank. It was never supposed to be real. None of it was real. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how someone died. <laughs> yeah. Um. The boys are really sobered by this, especially Dean. Because Dean was, like, kind of like aggressive uh-huh. at Craig like and now he's like oh shit this kid's fucked up yeah. <laughs> oops <laughs> um we go back to the motel and Dean has apparently gone to a prank store because he, he has a packet of itching apparently, powder yeah. uh, he's like I'm back it <laughs> or, seems like where did you go or he just carries it around with him on the regular and, well but he left cause Sam's like where did you go oh, and yeah. Dean just says out or something um Sam is in the shower and Dean has a packet of itching powder, which he sprinkles into Sam's boxers like classic older brother. <laughs> I'm going to skip over my um, all capital, all, all capitalized line <laughs> about Sam's post-shower look. Do you guys want me to read it for you? No! <laughs> <laughs> um... We'll get a little back and forth before Sam comes out of the bathroom. Um, Sam thinks that they're dealing with the tulpa, which is a Tibetan thought form. Um, so, I guess Sam's going to go into the lore of the tulpa. And then we'll go into you, the, what lore you found. Yeah. Tulpas are interesting. Um, so I'm excited to see what you dug up. It's um, interesting. But... Um, Dean tells Sam to get dressed and they're gonna go get food. And then Dean goes into the bathroom. I don't know what Dean's going, doing in the bathroom. I guess probably using it. He probably needs to pee. (laughs) It's probably also disposing of the itching powder (laughs) leftovers. Um. (laughs) I wish there was a webcam at that moment. (laughs) I can't see if just had a face... Her, her head and her palm. Totally. Face palm. I was like, why'd Dean go into the bathroom? Well, it's a bathroom. You don't uh. just use it for showers. Because I was like, I don't think Dean showers. <laughs> like, no. Uh. Good. Look, it's almost... It's almost 1am. Cut me some slack. <laughs> we need to not podcast in the middle of the night, but... That's well, let's be real. It's hey, not gonna happen. It's not my fault. Sure. It's not, not yours my either. Fault <laughs> okay, so the boys go get food. The subtitles say "Here you go, gents," but I could swear I heard that extra say "Here you go, Jensen." Oh, really? And I cannot unhear it. I didn't hear that. It's gonna drive me crazy. I'm going to include an audio snippet of it here. Um, <laughs> he probably does say "Here you go, gents." But it's, I swear to God, it sounds like, here you go, Jensen. Um, <laughs> Sam is itchy and playing it cool. <laughs> um, as he explains tulpas. So, according to Sam, uh, there was a group of monks in 1915 in Tibet who visualized a golem in their heads and then meditated on it so hard that they brought it to life out of thin air. Um, and in Sam's opinion that was 20 monks so imagine what 10,000 web servers can do 
Craig starts the story with Mordecai, it spreads, it goes online, now there are countless people who believe in him. Uh, Dean is rightfully skeptical. Uh, his point about the Santa thing. <laughs> Sam has an explanation for that. Um, one of the sigils that he took a picture of in the house, that we actually see Dana, like, painting on the wall in yeah. the flashback, is a Tibetan spirit sigil, which has been used for centuries as a magnifying glass to concentrate meditative thoughts. So as people tell and believe different stories, the sigil, like, concentrates their beliefs and the ghost self-changes in response, which is why rock salt didn't work. <laughs> it's just funny, like, before he goes all that goes over all that he's like first of all you're a bad person oh yeah yeah dean's like dean's like, <laughs> dean's like millions of people believe in santa why aren't i getting hooked up every year and sam's like because you're a bad person anyways <laughs> dean's <laughs> dean's just so like great. looks confused he's like huh. he's like what <laughs> i'm not a bad person dean you're kind of a dick um let's see do i have any other so according to the super wiki um, the theory behind Atopa is that if you meditate hard enough on an idea, it will materialize, and Tibetan monks preach this often and teach it as part of their learning. So, Tulpas don't have to be people, but can also be inanimate objects, animals, furniture, or other creatures. Not that furniture are creatures. I don't know why the wiki worded it that way. <laughs> it kind of a- sounds like a bog art in some ways. But not, a little bit. But like the fact a it little. could be anything, yeah. just not, not just fear yeah. based or whatever. Um, there's a theory that the entire universe was made through tulpa meditation, which is hmm. intense. Uh, according to the wiki, a tulpa is hard to define as anything could possibly be a tulpa. While the idea is still being focused on, the object or creature may change and morph into different forms as the idea itself changes. Tulpas can only be destroyed by eliminating the thought. Or diluting the concentration of the thought, then destroying the object or creature. Um, according to the wiki, Mordecai Murdoch appears to fit standard chaos magic practice for accidental creation of a servitor from a sigil, and then appears to be working its way up to an egregore. They had like a link to the fluid continuum, and I did not understand it. But it's kind of like there are four stages to a tulpa, is what I understood. And so it was like Mur- uh, Murdoch was on stage two. And working its way up to stage three, like becoming which basically more and more is real. Being, yeah, becoming more like solidified hmm. into the world, I guess. Um, but yeah, so that's the lore that I found in the wiki. What did you find, my love? Um, so this first part I found on <clears throat> Wikipedia. Um, so tulpa is a concept in mysticism and the paranormal of being of a being or object which is created through spiritual or mental powers. It was adapted by 20th century theosophists from Tibetan Sropa, uh, which means emanation or manifestation. Um, Modern practitioners use the term to refer to a type of willed imaginary friend, which practitioners consider to be sentient and relatively autonomous. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about, like, modern, like, if people practice this in the modern day, which I... Which I guess they do. Yeah. And then I found this article on HowStuffWorks.com, which kind of gave someone's, like, thoughts and opinions on it. Yeah. You put the the actual link to the article in your notes, so I I can link it in the... Um, Did you? Well, I just read the name of it, but I can link it. Um, it's... 
called Tulpa's Thoughts That Can Become Alive, question mark, by Diana Brown. Um, so part of the article, I can read part of it, so she says, Many of us grew up with an imaginary friend by our side. Maybe you still like to personify your favorite character or superhero. But these companions typically don't usually last beyond childhood. However, if there's an ancient idea gaining more and more traction in our modern world, it's the idea that given enough thought and focus, we can actually create real sentient beings. They're known as tulpas, beings or objects that are created in someone's imagination by visualization techniques. Um, so where do tulpas fit in? Like imaginary friends, tulpas are entities generated entirely in the mind. But unlike imaginary friends, some believe tulpas think on their own, experience emotions, and have memories. Tulpas generate personalities, desires, and curiosities all their own, quite separate from their host. Um, French explorer and Buddhist Alexandra David Neal wrote that tulpas will eventually leave the host's body like a child leaves the womb. She herself claimed to have made a tulpa that grew more and more sinister until it eventually had to be destroyed. Interesting. So interesting. You can read the rest of the article on howstuffworks.com. Yeah, I'll, I'll include. It's really the, interesting. I'll include the link to that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, as well as the Wikipedia page per the huge. I didn't know that that was like something people like practiced and like believed was like a real thing. You know. Yeah. I and mean, I guess it makes sense because like I'm pretty sure like Tibetan monks are still uh, around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. People practice and believe in a lot of stuff that. <laughs> You know, you it's would. not just Tibetan monks that practice but like, it. You know, either, but like but the, the the origins of the belief, the people, yeah, the who originated, are, yeah, the belief are still around. So, you know, but I hadn't thought about like I have seen that Tibetan know, symbol before. This the tulpa mm-hmm. magnifying glass symbol. I think I've seen it in like used as like a a sign for meditation, you know, kind of like manifesting mm-hmm. your positive That's what Sam thoughts says. and energy. Yeah. That's what Sam says in this episode, is that it's been used to concentrate meditative thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Dean's like, okay, well, do we, how do we destroy the tulpa? Do we, uh, burn the, the sigil? Like, what do we do? Uh, and once tulpas are created, it's not that easy to undo it. Uh, of course, their job is made even harder by the fact that Ed and Harry have posted a video of the Tulpa <laughs> to their website. Uh, great. <laughs> this is where Dean gets an idea. Uh, and it's also revealed that Dean put a jing powder in Sam's face. <laughs> he yells, like, you're a freaking jerk. <laughs> Sam, Sam's like, man, I think I'm allergic to our laundry detergent or something. And Dean just starts laughing. <laughs> Way to give yourself away, Dean. Um... Okay. The whole time they're playing with this, um, like, pull string thing. That's a later scene. No, it's during the scene. No. You it's sure? a later one. It's the one where Sam glues Dean's hand to a bottle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's the next time they're at a place eating. Do they're they eating a lot. I don't think they even finish their food. <laughs> they get their food. Does Dean just take it with them? I think Dean takes it with him. <laughs> there, I'm pretty sure there's not food on the table. I guess. I don't know. I didn't really pay attention. I just realized, though, that they were, they were there real fast. They were, like, in and out. Um, but Dean has an idea, and they need to go to a, uh, like, copy store. I think. I don't know what he calls it. Is it called a copy store? I don't remember. Um, so we go to... From there, we go to Ed and Harry's trailer. Ah, Harry is the one that doesn't want to go back in. He's freaking out big time. <laughs> 
I don't I blame, don't blame him. him. No. Um, and Ed is trying to talk him down. Um. <laughs> the whole monologue is great. <laughs> it's a, it's a monologue. Um, because he's like, if we get this, if we get proof, we'll get a book and movie deal, and we'll be rich and famous and, like, sleep, uh, get laid, or, no, he's like, have sex. With girls. With girls. I'm like... What? Versus... <laughs> Why did you need to specify... What? what? <laughs> I mean... Is this I, insinuating that they have a relationship? They didn't... <laughs> <laughs> they that hardcore. Um, Ed and Harry are actually, like, used to parallel Sam and Dean at, at one point in the show. Like, to parallel their relationship. Yeah. In a really beautiful way, actually. Um... But then, and then Ed is like, um, WWBD. And Harry's like, what would Buffy do? And then he's like, but she's stronger than me, Ed. <laughs> Which, I'm, yes. Yeah. I, I haven't even seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I already know that. <laughs> You're a freaking wuss. But <laughs> I would be a wuss too, though, honestly. Yeah, uh, if I saw a freaking ghost with the axe yeah. chase me, I, <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. be going back there either. Yeah. <sighs> um, this is when Sam and Dean arrive. Dean's like, we can hear you in there. How much did Dean hear? <laughs> they want Ed and Harry to shut down the website, because the more the story spreads, the more people are going to want to come to the house. Which means potentially more people getting hurt. Um, and because they're jerks, Ed and Harry are like, hell no, we're not shutting down our website. That's like our livelihood. <laughs> like, no. Um, uh, and this is where Sam's like, oh, well, then we won't tell them that thing we know about Mordecai <laughs> that they don't know yet. <laughs> this is really great. Um, smart. Mm-hmm. Very smart. And they, after some, like, arguing and getting a promise that if Sam and Dean tell them what they know, Ed and Harry will take the website down, um, the boys hand over a quote-unquote death certificate that they dug up, uh, and explains that Mordecai died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound with a forty-five pistol, and if you shoot him with the same kind of gun loaded with wrought iron rounds, you kill the ghost. That's kind of their, their spiel. Um... <laughs> The way they rush back to the trailer, Harry like books it, and it's like, Harry, slow your roll. They're gonna like stop. <laughs> this wasn't Sam and Dean's plan. Um, this is where we go to the diner with the laughing thing on yeah. the wall. Um, he like pulled the string and it like laughs. So Some great! It's like decoration the, thing. It's like a creepy fisherman version of like the singing fish, you know, where you yeah. pull the string and it makes noise. Um, Sam is on his laptop while Dean drives him crazy. Uh, and they, the website has updated to include their new story, and now they just have to wait for the story to spread. Sam speculates that by nightfall they should be good to go. Um, and the boys, like, do a little cheers and take drinks of their, their beers. <laughs> and then Dean realizes that Sam has glued his hand to the beer bottle. <laughs> This is why I want to see the setup of Sam's pranks. Yeah, how, how the hell did he do this without Dean noticing sooner? You know, has Dean know. just been grabbing it by like the neck of the bottle up until this point? Did he? Or did he Dean went go to, to the, the bathroom, bathroom and he hasn't touched the bottle since he came back? Like, I don't know. What ha- I want to know. <laughs> um, I love I love this though because Sam is like, I'm. 
Dean keeps pulling the string on the laughing wooden guy, and Sam's like, you pull that string one more time, I'm gonna kill you. And then they, like, do their little cheers, and Sam... Or Dean realizes his hand stuck to the bottle, and Sam just starts cackling and reaches over <laughs> and pulls, pulls the string. <laughs> um, which is so great because just minutes before, Dean was like, "You need some laughter in your life." And now Sam's like, mm, "What was that you were saying?" Uh, I like the way they transition this with the sound, bringing the sound of the laughter through to the next scene. Mm. Um, because we go to the woods by the house at night, and the two cops, the same two cops from before who were guarding the house, are hearing the, like, the laughter. That we recognize. <laughs> How did they get this out of the diner? I don't know. They, they somehow stole this damn thing, and they've nailed it to a tree. Um, the boys have. So, and are using it as a diversion, so they can sneak into the house. Um, did you catch Dean's line here? I barely have any skin left on my palm. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> Sam says, I'm not touching that line with a ten foot pole. And Dean's only response is to shine the flashlight in Sam's face. <laughs> I was been making a note. It's really great. All that. <laughs> it's, it's really great. Um, but they sneak through the basement to the, they sneak through the house to the basement door. I love this. It's a false release of tension. Again, like a fake out, like with the rat earlier. Cause the boys are like gearing up to open the basement door and that's when Ed and Harry arrive from behind the boys like whirl around with their full ass guns and Ed and Harry are like how what please don't shoot I love that we're, we're just trying to get a book and movie deal okay still have their little night vision goggles on again god uh, oh my gosh I love this episode all the ghost facers are great they're so funny um and this is when Mordecai makes his appearance. So Sam and Dean shoot him, and he dissipates, but he appears moments later and smashes Ed's camera with his axe, uh, and then disappears again. And the boys, this is where the boys learn from Ed and Harry that they post the story, but then the server crashed. So it didn't <laughs> spread, and therefore, the guns don't work. Ed and Harry are so fucking confused in this moment, because Dean's like, oh, then the guns don't work. And they're like... No, oh. the guns won't. What? <laughs> <laughs> they, they agree with them, but they look very confused They're about so it. Confused. It's so good because they go out. They come out. They leave this episode having no freaking clue what happened to them. They genuinely just think it's a ghost. Yeah, they don't know it's a toll. They don't know anything. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I love. I honestly kind of really love that because a lot of times at the end of a supernatural episode, they leave behind a character who now knows the truth. You know, yeah. and in this one, they somehow left behind two characters who have witnessed the thing firsthand and are still <laughs> clueless. I mean, they and think will, it's a ghost, <laughs> and will remain clueless t- for another season and a half. <laughs> Although they do get famous from this, that's that's a little. Mm. I mean, kind of. Not really. Thought they end up on a talk show, or is that after? the other one episode that's their little like pilot episode that they're putting together (laughs) themselves they put one together yeah yeah um so ed and harry try to leave and they (laughs) they run right into mordecai um sam draws mordecai's attention and like wrestles with him for the axe which buys ed and harry time and meanwhile dean has had an idea that he does not tell sam about sam does not know this is going down but dean is spreading lighter fluid around 
Um, I made a note that <laughs> does this or does this not count as a bad guy strangling Sam? I put kind it in of. the spreadsheet. It's in the spreadsheet. It's dubious, but I, we're gonna count it. So we're on number three. <laughs> I'm telling you, the, the writers of the show have a kink. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I mean, God. But this is when Dean makes his Dean comes to the rescue and lights the house on fire and I love Sam's face. They're like standing in front of the flames and Sam just looks at Dean like are you insane? <laughs> and then they make a run for it. It's <laughs> but Dean has some pretty sound logic. Mordecai can't leave the house, can't haunt a house that doesn't exist. If there's no house, people aren't going to come visit. Plus it's going to get rid of the symbol in there. Yeah, yeah, though I don't really know if that'll do anything cuz to, you know, I think Mordecai's probably still there technically, but because the story is that he haunts a house and the house isn't standing anymore. Well, you don't have that symbol there channeling everyone's belief anymore, too. Yes, that's true, but I think because Dean even asked early in the episode if, like, oh, if we just destroy the symbol, will that destroy Mordecai? And Sam says that it's not that easy. Yeah. So, because what they had, I guess, I guess that it probably makes it so that the concentration is weaker and will, like, weaken him, but if people continue to believe in him, I mean, he's already, he already exists. Yeah. So, I think, I think by Tulpa rules, since he already exists, um, even though the symbol is destroyed, he should still continue existing. But the rules of this specific tulpa are that he haunts this house. The house is burned down, so I don't know what he haunts now. Yeah. He just is an entity without anything to haunt. Um, he can't leave the house, so he can't go anywhere and find a new house to haunt. And also, now there's no house, so people won't visit it, which I, sound logic. Um, but still. Damn, Dean. <laughs> Um, Sam brings up a good point, which is what if the legend changes so Mordecai can leave the house? And Dean's like, oh, we'll just have we'll to come back. Come back. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out then. <laughs> Not dealing with this now. Um, and Sam asks a really good question that he probably shouldn't dwell on for too long because it'll probably lead to an existential crisis. Um, <laughs> which is, he says, uh, kind of makes you wonder, of all the things we hunted, how many existed just because people believed in them? And that's a fucking great Power question. Power of belief. Pretty I, strong. Yeah. It just makes you wonder. Because there's so many more episodes, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't think we ever explicitly encounter a tulpa again. I think they, like, mentioned another time, but, like, you know, not like this. This We don't, we don't experience a tulpa hunt, specifically. Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question, and I don't think Sam should spend too long thinking about it. Because, oh boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> we go back to, like, the trailer park where Ed and Harry were staying. I think it's just, like, an, like, an RV park. I keep calling it a trailer park, but it's, like, an RV campground kind of thing. Yeah. And they've got their big... It's, like, one of those, like, silver bubble campers. It's great. I love it. Um, they're arriving back with groceries to find Sam and Dean waiting for them, and they're like, 
they're like, oh, should we tell them? Well, they're going to read about it in the trades anyways. Yeah, they, they reveal that they got a phone call from a producer who wants to option the motion picture rights and potentially they give them the like the chance to write it and write the RPG. And Dean's like, I'm sorry, the what? <laughs> uh, they are not humble about this. No. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> um, and they're like, see you later. And they get in their car and it like chugs away. That truck is on its last legs. <laughs> or sedan or whatever it was. I don't know. It might have been a hatchback. <laughs> I don't know. Um, this is where <laughs> Sam confesses to Dean that he's the one who called pretending <laughs> to be a producer. And then Dean confesses that he's the one who put a dead fish in their backseat. <laughs> I love it. It's great. <laughs> and this is where they call a truce. For now. For now. <laughs> but, like I said, I, I really... We don't really get a prank war of this same level. Again, I really wish we did. Because it kind of... It, it's so funny. It gives us, like, a whole new aspect of Sam and Dean's relationship. Mm-hmm. And it feels like a tribute to Jared and Jensen's actual onset, like, antics. Because they are known causing chaos um <laughs> there's one oh oh what pen, oh, I don't remember which convention it is where they talk about this I think it was during season 6 um the phone that was Dean's phone in at the time had an actual active number it was, like, an actual, like, active phone with a SIM card and a phone number. Oh, yeah? I think it was just, like, a by-the-minute kind of deal, but, you know. Yeah. I used to have um, one of those. <laughs> and one of the boys, probably Jared, had the brilliant idea to tweet this number. <laughs> and then, immediately, the, they're in between takes, and the phone starts blowing up. <laughs> Just, like, they were getting so many texts and calls that they couldn't even, like, clear the notifications <laughs> or answer anything. I think they managed to answer one call, and it was some girl who didn't believe it was them at first, and it was her birthday. Aww. <laughs> I, I remember, because they were, I think... I think it was a convention that Robin the Props Master was at for some reason. I think so. Maybe not. I don't remember. But so one of the crew members, Robin, she's the prop master. She's been there since basically day one, I'm pretty sure. Like, she was one of the crew members who was there for the entire show. Um, and she knows the boys. And so the boys are standing there with a phone that is just going crazy in their hands and starting to, like, kind of snicker to themselves. And she spots them and she's like, what did you do? <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> like, they had to, like, turn off the phone. <laughs> like, <laughs> it went nuts. Oh, my God. Yeah. They like to cause chaos. Wait, someone... They answered someone that was their birthday? Mm-hmm, it was Aww. her birthday. <laughs> but yeah, it was some girl's birthday. And she called, and they answered. <laughs> so they wished her happy birthday. And I remember, I distinctly remember the story. I cannot remember which panel it was, though. I can never remember which panel it was. If any of our listeners know what panel, like, tweet me, DM me, 
email me for crying out loud like because I don't know (laughs) okay I think that's it for this episode so that is it for this week I think you don't have anything else you want to say babe right no no we've talked about all the things to talk about this isn't a super like in-depth episode but it's a really good one um and it is 1.30 at night, and I am tired, and I have to get up earlier than usual tomorrow for a haircut appointment, so we're ending the episode here. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's it for this week. Next week we'll be talking about episode 18, Something Wicked, which I'm probably going to talk a lot. That's a good one. Just wait. <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to have an in-depth discussion about some things in that episode. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, Alright. So in the meantime, you guys can find the podcast on Twitter at TalkAboutSamPod. We're on Instagram at TalkAbout... Or, um, let me try that again. <laughs> you can find the podcast on Twitter at Talk About Sam Pod. We're on Instagram at We Need to Talk About Sam Podcast, and on Tumblr at We Need to Talk About Sam. I'm Little Red Who Could on Twitter, and the Little Red Who Could on Tumblr. Haley, where can the peoples find you? Why did I say it like that? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Life Flows On Three, and Tumblr at HF Thoughts Dash Blog. Awesome. Thank you guys so I much for. What? <laughs> I said no one has followed me yet, oh. so. <laughs> you know how many followers? Gotta get on that. <laughs> Go follow the bee. Not that she's active. <laughs> Shh. I kind of am. <laughs> you, <laughs> you are in that you like and retweet the podcast tweets. Yeah. I pay attention. <laughs> You're so cute. Uh, I just need people to interact with. No. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Yeah. (laughs) You're supposed to say bye. Oh, bye. Okay, start recording. We both immediately take a drink of water. scheduled technically i'm scheduled five to nine but my boss likes to get us done by eight because especially um right now with like sundown i mean the sun doesn't really go down to like sunset (laughs) the sun doesn't really go down until like 9 30 but you know as it gets late or earlier and earlier he wants us to like be done by eight most times plus like a lot of like assisted living facilities 
uh, lock early. their doors after eight. Um, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast. I got a new job. I think we mentioned it. Yeah, I think briefly you mentioned it. Yeah. in last week's episode. I got a new job and I'm wrapping up week two at it, and I like it. I haven't gotten a paycheck yet. We're paid <laughs> bi-weekly, but you know. Um, but I like it so far because I get to drive around and listen to my podcasts or my audiobooks. But what I do is I deliver prescriptions to, um, like, in-facility or at-home hospice patients. So I go to, like, their houses or to care facilities all over northern Utah um, to drop off medication. And... I, my, like, scheduled start time is 5. It's, like, I usually get there, like, a little before 5, and then around 5, a little bit after, you know, 5.02, 5.03, they'll have my bin of deliveries ready for that day, With and each of the deliveries has, each of the, like, bags has an address, has an invoice with the address on it. Um, and then I, like, you know, go through my route and fill out my paperwork and stuff and try to be done by 8. <laughs> But today... She has not been done by eight most of this week. (laughs) I feel like I've been done by eight most of the last two weeks, to be honest. Because the way they do it is they rotate... They cover a really wide area, so they rotate the routes. So, like, my first day I went, like, I did the, the, like, middle portion of the northern route. And then the next day I did like, the close-to-home western route, so I literally, like, I think I drove maybe, like, 30 miles <laughs> Yeah. in that whole shift. It was really close to home, and I got done really early, you know, and then the, my third day, I went, like, way down south, and my fourth day, I was close to home, and, um, and then this week, though, it's just been, it was, like, a really long northern shift, I went all the way up to friggin' Brigham City. Like, that's basically Idaho. Um, <laughs> Seriously, though. <laughs> and then I did a close-to-home shift. And then I did, on Wednesday, I did another northern shift. And I went all the way up to Brigham City again. And then I went past it to fucking Tremonton. Which is a $25 order, because I get paid by delivery. Mm-hmm. By each one I do. So, like, I get $25 for that delivery, but holy fucking shit, that's a lot of miles. <laughs> and I didn't get home until, like, 10.30. Yeah. We were supposed to meet up yesterday to record, I think. Mm-hmm. Or to just watch did, oh, we an just episode wanted to, together? Yeah, to just w- watch the episodes and hang out, because we were hoping that I'd go do the route that's closer to, and makes me end up closer to Haley. Um... But that didn't happen. Instead, I went to Idaho. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't actually go to Idaho, but I might as well have. Yeah. I, like, passed the port of entry and everything. (laughs) But, (laughs) God. And then today, I had, like, a... It was a shorter route in that, as opposed to the 108 miles I drove yesterday, I only did, um, like, 63 miles today, which is shorter. It's a shorter route, but I... (laughs) all the way to my friggin' hometown, which is a 45-minute drive. <laughs> That's where I ended up. It's a 12... It's what? It's a long delivery, so it's a 12-hour one, and I had two out there, so that's $24. Yeah. Um, 
which is nice. And I had a few, like, along the way. So it wasn't like I started from the office and went to my hometown. I, um, like, had a bunch of other deliveries and then went out there. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it was... I'm tired. Also, my back has been hurting the last couple days, and I think it's because I... have been doing a lot of driving. <laughs> I sit in my car a lot. Oh. <laughs> I was having the hardest time getting comfortable last night, because my back, like, my whole spine just ached. Mm. So I need to do some more, like, walking around and yeah. stuff. The problem is it's a million degrees outside. Yes, it is. Even late into the night, it's yeah, still so hot. it's still, like, in the 80s. It was hot driving up here still, What's and it was, like... temperature right 10. now? I don't know. My my phone can't connect to the Wi-Fi in my bedroom right this minute, so I, I have no idea. 75. It's 75 right now. And it's midnight. <laughs> At midnight. Good God. Um, the other day it got up to 104. Did it really? Yeah. I wanted to die. Jeez. <laughs> I was like, this is, this this, is not allowed. It's a heat wave that we haven't seen like this early in the year in Utah in a long time. We're, plus, we're in the middle of a drought, so we yeah. don't have any friggin' water. <laughs> <laughs> and then the governor's like, pray for rain. Like, thanks. That didn't That's help. That's helpful. <laughs> By the way. Guess what? The <laughs> rain's not here. Shocker. Instead of having an actual solution. Yeah. Just pray. Just pray for rain. This is We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a supernatural superfan and a supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the hit CW show. This week, we'll be covering season one, episodes 16 and 7. Nope, sorry, those are the wrong numbers. <laughs> and the numbers are written in a document, so I don't know how I fucked them up. <laughs> you can just record that line again. Gonna try again. <laughs>